I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com. He's new on his now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I went to... A crazy chiropractor today. They're not a client yet, but man, I'm feeling good. Thanks to the cutting edge. Dr. Cutting, what adjustment. Those sports chiropractors, they, they make all the difference in the world, I promise you. Tomorrow's now ESPN Radio. Rolling with you here on your Wednesday. Feeling mighty fine. Hope you're feeling good, too. There's some sunshine out there earlier. I don't know what's going on here in western Montana. Got my blinds closed. But, uh... March is here. March is on the horizon. But we're celebrating February, our 11th anniversary here at ESPN Radio. And in celebration of our 11th anniversary, we have 11 wings every 11 minutes here for one final Wednesday show. Call us. Actually, here's the deal. Text us. First two people to text. We got 11 more sets of wings for you. 406-888-1029. Desperado, located there on Russell Street, across from the YMCA. Best wings in Missoula. You don't believe me? Well, it's been voted on by the Missoula voting public for all of eternity. So uh, call us right now. Excuse me, text us right now, 406-888-1029. Missing the first hour on the Big Sky and Women's Hoops, Crystal Redpath in studio. Appreciate her for all of her expertise. You can catch her calls on the ESPN Plus broadcast throughout the uh, Big Sky Conference Tournament, which begins Saturday in Boise, Idaho. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff to the uh, Nuanas Now podcast. And the Nuanas Now podcast probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, PM Store, and the MSU Bookstore. Let's dive into our ESPN Roundtable. It's Big Sky Conference Tournament Quick Hitter Style. We're going to play a little word association. Myself, Andrew Houghton. Ten teams these days in the Big Sky Conference. So we're just going to go top to bottom and uh, break down this men's tournament field. We'll start with the top seed, Eastern Washington. The Eagles had the longest winning streak in all of Division I this year. They won 18 straight games. 16 of them came in Big Sky Conference play. That 16-0 start, the best six, the best start excuse me, in conference play in Big Sky Conference history, surpassing the 1968 Weber State Wildcats, who started 15-0. Eastern first team ever to win 16 consecutive games in Big Sky Conference men's basketball. What word do you have for the Eagles, Andrew? Mismatch. In which way? In which way are they a mismatch? That's just the way they've been all season long, Coulter. I've been saying it all season long. The way that they can put five guys who are six foot six or better or taller on the floor at all times, and they 
keep enough shooting and they keep enough rebounding, they keep enough playmaking with that group of guys. You, no other team in the league is built like that because it's really hard to get guys like that in the big sky. The way that they've done it, too, I mean, for, I, I think Eastern has such such richness to their story because, first, Eastern's been good in, in men's hoops uh, over the last decade or so. Rodney Stuckey was kind of the first breakthrough player, but that, that was about 15 years ago. But then since Jim Hayford took over, they've had a pretty similar identity, a pretty similar style. Hayford won a big sky title uh, with those good teams led by guys like Tyler Harvey, Becky Joyce, uh, Austin McBroom, Felix Von Off. All those guys are still playing pro ball. Then when Hayford left to go to the West Coast Conference, he passed the reins off to one of his assistants, Shante Leggins. Leggins was good and then great. Leggins led Eastern to a 13 seed. Well, first of all, he led... Eastern to multiple Big Sky Championship games. They lost both of them to Montana. But then they got over the top and replaced Montana for a moment in time as the top program in the league. And uh, then a mass exodus. Shante Leggins, Tanner Groves, the Big Sky MVP, his brother Jacob Groves, Former All-League players like Jacob Davidson, Michael Matthews, Kim Aiken. Everybody. pretty. I mean, seriously, pretty much everybody in their rotation. The only man left standing in Cheney was basically two men left standing in Cheney. Ellis Magnuson, their, uh, their reserve point guard, and David Riley, who was an assistant under Leggins, who then became the head coach. Well, last year for them to even just go 500 in league was pretty impressive considering the mass exodus. Then for them to turn around and go 16-2 and two this year, pretty darn impressive. But I also think they my word for Eastern Washington would be, because crea- mismatch is a good one, my word is creative. Because they've been creative in how they've gone about getting players. Angelo Allegri, one of the best players in the league. A transfer from UNC Greensboro. Steel Venters, one of the best players in the league. From tiny Ellensburg, Washington, my old stomping grounds. But they also have guys from prestigious high schools like Wasatch Academy, where Casey Jones hails from. But they also have guys from non-Division I schools that were transfers, like Dane Erickstrup, who's a transfer from Cal Poly Pomona. You know, they had transfer from Western Colorado. They got transfers from all over the place. Louisiana Lafayette. They got transfers from Fresno State. They got transfers from Jacksonville University. Willamette, which is a D3 school. So they're not just mining the, the, the uh, status quo. They're, they're digging down deep. And uh, I think that's what their, their style's unorthodox. David O'Reilly's coaching style's unorthodox. Their roster's unorthodox. So I think creativity is what's been the thing that's defined Eastern so far this year. Yeah, and I love that you made that point, Coulter, because another great word for them would be chip, not as in championship. I'm not making any predictions here, but just in the, the chips on the shoulders of all those guys. And not to give away too much of the feature that I'm writing about that team, but that's been one of the big things that's come up in talking with, with players and coaches on that team. All those guys that are, are at Eastern Washington because they want to be there in large part because... 
they didn't have a lot of other opportunities at other levels, and that sort of uh, melded and made them really competitive and a, a really tight unit from everything that I have heard out of Eastern Washington. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. Paradise Falls, great gathering place for both family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, full-service casino, plus they have 18 draft beers, early and late happy hours. Go check out Paradise Falls on the south side of Missoula. Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Word Association, Big Sky Conference men's hoop style. Montana State, the second seed. I would say Coulter, um, favorite, I guess, is the way to, to describe them. Sure. Uh, my word, ex- my experience? Word, my word's bullseye, so I think that those are sort of along the same lines. I was thinking about pressure, too, yeah. which I think plays into the bullseye thing that you're talking about. I think that there is a certain element of pressure that comes with being the defending champs. I think the way Danny Sprinkle coaches, though... I think pressure is a welcome thing. Sprinkle said on this show last week, I thought that his description of the of his coaching style was so apt. He talked about how he talks to every individual guy on his team and in his program before the season and early in the season. And then they also talk as a group collectively throughout the summer and early in the year. And they determine what their individual and group goals are. And those are then set in stone, concrete. So then, like Sprinkle said, after that, I don't ask them. I demand from them. That's all there is. I demand from these guys what I know they need to reach what they have told me their goals are. The goal for this team is defined as to repeat as Big Sky Conference champions. There's nothing less. They don't make excuses. That's why I'm so impressed with the job Danny Sprinkle's done. In in this day and age of... Ultra connectivity and what have you done for me now and instant gratification, you can totally go down the road of always finding excuses. That's not what these this team does, though. They only find ways. It's amazing to think that as good as the team was last year and winning the outright Big Sky title and hanging a banner, uh, regular season banner for the first time in 20 years, that this Bobcat team actually had a better conference winning percentage and actually won uh I guess they didn't win as many games, but they only they lost one less game than they did a year ago, even with the bullseye on their backs. Pretty darn impressive. The Cats also quietly have won 10 out of their last 11 going to the tournament. That's the underrated part because everybody was so fixated on Eastern Washington's 16-game winning streak, which then came to an end and then got doubled down on with Montana State winning in Cheney on Monday. The Cats have only lost once in the last month and a half. They're definitely the the uh Riding the biggest wave of momentum going in the Big Sky Tournament. Yeah, and they've made themselves. I mean, they're they're the best defense in the conference. That they've sort of uh, taken a stranglehold on that spot down the stretch of this winning streak here. Uh, they have, you know, the guys who have been there before Coulter, and I just think that they're the team that's the best built for it uh, going into it. They also are going to benefit from playing on a neutral court. They have a great home court advantage, 25-2 and two over the last two years in Bozeman, Montana. But also just some of the guys that they have. Uh, like Jabril Bello, he draws a lot of fouls. He gets a lot of calls, but he also gets called. He also gets officiated, uh, how do you say? I don't want to say unfairly because I actually don't think there's any bias in refing most of the time. I don't think the refs are good enough to be biased. 
But I think that sometimes just being bigger and stronger than everybody is detrimental uh, to guys like Jabril Bell. Moving on, number three, the third seed, Weber State. What's your word for the Wildcats? Dylan Jones, can you guard him? Can you stop him? Yeah. Can you stop him from creating? Is he going to be hitting his threes? Does that matter? Uh, is he? Are you going to be able to stop him? I mean, he's got like a bunch of game-winning buckets down the stretch of this season, Coulter. Three, in fact, to, to actually straight up win the game. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he can slash. He can shoot. He's been creating more. Um, he's the he's the one guy who I think could go could go supernova and just sort of win the tournament single handedly. I think you'll give him a chance to win the tournament. If he actually was able to win the tournament single-handedly, that would be an all-time effort for sure. But uh, you and I have both talked about the, this guy throughout the, the year. Not only is the best player in the league, he's also just an anomaly within the league. His, Like Jalen Rose always says, positions were created by people that don't understand basketball. Dylan Jones... Plays multiple positions. It's just a matter of what Weaver State's doing. In the extended fast break, he's the point guard, like the point forward. In the half court, he's kind of the point guard. He's also 6'7, 235 pounds, and he's the power forward defensively. So he just does it all. Uh, he, I mean, Weaver was okay last year, and he almost did it last year. I mean, people forget the Cats needed. All of it to be able to outlast Weber in the semis, to be able to get to the championship. So, uh, I mean, my word for Weber was just going to be MVP because I think Dylan Jones, spoiler alert, but I think he is the big sky MVP and uh, how far can he take him? All right, now the fourth seed, how about the Grizzlies? What's your word for Montana? Uh, a lot of good ones here, also potentially, Coulter. I think uh, time machine is in a sense of getting back to the past. Sure. Uh, with these teams. You know, Montana has always been a great tournament team under Travis DeCure. Last year, they took a big step back. This year, they brought back some of the cornerstones of that team. I think we're seeing a little bit of, down the stretch here for them, a, a return to just, you know, being really solid in those close games, doing the things that you need to do to close out those close games. I don't know if that's going to continue, but that's what has to continue uh, if they're going to make a run. My word is hierarchy because I think that the the redefinition and the restructuring of the hierarchy of leadership for the Grizz basketball team has been among, if not the key factors to their success. As Travis DeCure said on this show a couple weeks ago, sometimes you can't just have one definitive leader. You need a couple because different guys hear different things. They listen to different styles. Coming into the year, you had a couple stalwarts in the in the Grizz program that are among the stalwarts in the league. Josh Bannon and Brandon Whitney have both been good players since they were freshmen. Bannon had been a great player as a sophomore. He was a preseason all the big sky guy. He's kind of wired like that. He's a smart guy, well-spoken guy, driven guy. And so he's sort of the anointed leader coming in. Not taking anything away from Josh Bannon, but I think that he is a leader by example and also is very critical of himself, which then in turn maybe uh, takes away from, I don't know, how do you say? They needed a spiritual, emotional guy. That's what Grizz basketball has been about forever. 
having a fan favorite, having a guy that can pander to the crowd, having a guy that can spark the momentum. All that stuff is so important in basketball in general, but particularly with a, a program like Montana that has such a tried and true tradition of success. And Adam Moody has become that guy. I also think, though, that redistribution of leadership has led to a, a renewal of trust. I also think that renewal of trust has led to the ability to do different things offensively. And so then when it all trickles down, it's not that they're like scoring a crazy amount more points or that the style broadly has changed, but their offensive execution has been much better. It's been much more efficient. And their ability to close out games more than anything has been much more efficient. With a guy like Travis DeCure who calls so much so much stuff from the bench, offensively, defensively, out of timeouts, Games are just going to be close because he wants to control the game, for better or worse. He's a great coach, though, in controlling the game, getting to the end, and then you got to close it out. The Grizz didn't close it out the first half of the season. Now they are closing it out, and look at them. They've won eight out of nine going into the tournament. So I do think that uh, sometimes we're, we're just placating when we're talking about, ooh, now, half the teams in this league could win this tournament. That's actually almost never true. There's usually only actually two or maybe three teams who could actually win the whole shooting match. I think there's actually four teams, though, that could win this tournament, and I think Montana's one of them. I think that's right. That's where I draw the line, too. I think Montana's definitely in that group, but they've got things to contend with, right? They've they got do. They've got bad memories from close games earlier this year. That's right. Uh, they've got bad memories, I think, from the way they went out in the tournament last year against Weber State in the first game they played there. Um, what's going to happen if things start to go a little bit screwy in this opening game against Idaho State and the realization that this is the tournament kicks in for that team? Or are they going to lose the hierarchy that's been so carefully defined, as you said, over the second half of the season? Sometimes you need the luck of the draw, too. And I actually think that Montana has a better draw than some of the other teams because I think that of the top four teams, the teams... First of all, we're going to get to Idaho State in a minute because that's my fifth word association. But Montana swept Idaho State this year. They also, though, Eastern Washington has completely had their number for three years in a row. But they're hungry to write that narrative. And just in terms of pure basketball, I think that the worst matchup in the league for the Grizz is the Cats. The second worst matchup in the league for the Grizzlies, Weaver State. So I'd rather have Eastern if I was Montana. I'm not saying the top seed is some sort of crazy favorable draw, but I think it's, I think it's a better draw than either of the other two top seeds. Norris Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls. I wanted to spend the most amount of time on those top four seats. Now we'll go a little bit more quickly. Word Association, Big State Conference Men's Basketball, uh, Idaho State. Uh, proof. I need to see it. They're still, I, I, I think you could say that I'm probably still disrespecting Idaho State a little bit, but I, I agree with you completely, and this is why I didn't want to make that point a second ago. Idaho State's a great first-round matchup for the Grizz. I, I'm, I know that I'm a hater. I'm, if anybody in Pokey's listening to me, I, I'm a hater. From what I saw live and in person, and to be completely 
square with everybody. I did not see Portland State or Sac State in person because the Portland State game got canceled here in Missoula, and I was out of town for the Sac State game. But of the other eight teams I saw in the Big Sky this year, I think the only team that I thought was not as good as Idaho State was Idaho. I think Northern Arizona and Northern Colorado uh, are are better than Idaho State. I just think they're better. I think they have better players. I think that it, Idaho State, though, found ways to win games, and I also think Idaho State has a good coach. I think Ryan Looney is a good coach. I think he does a good job, and I think he has a, the ability to put his guys in position to succeed. Uh, if I'm Montana, I'm licking my chops, man. Definitely. Because uh, I think that that's the most favorable of the top five matchups in the first round. I agree with you, Coulter. Of course, that's a viewpoint bolstered by what the Grizz did to Idaho State in Missoula. We were both at that game. I mean, they beat them by 30. Idaho State didn't have any solutions for them. They had a couple players missing that game. They were, Jared Rodriguez was out. Austin Smaley was out. Yep. Uh, and the other thing I'll say for Idaho State real quick here, I think Brock McKenzie's sort of really taken over that role as, as the, the talisman for the team, right? The, the guy who gets the crowd going, the guy who gets the team going. He had 28. They knocked off Eastern Washington. Uh, he's going to have to come up big. But it, he, I think he's shown that he's capable of that. He has shown he's capable of it. That's why it's a good matchup for the Grizz, though, because... I know State employs you know, sort of an unorthodox big man in Braden Parker, but that's sort of uh, one of the only teams where Montana could take advantage of their pick-and-pop bigs, especially Deshaun Thomas in that element. Also, Brandon Whitney's a really good on-ball defender. He can be put on Brock McKenzie. And more than anything, I know State has nothing for Josh Bannon. That That's the, the catalyst for everything the Grizz are going to do is is playing Bannon on the ball in the half court. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Sac State, where are we at with the Hornets? Same thing as Idaho State. I, I don't really have a word for Sac State. Actually, they're one of the few that I haven't thought of a word for. But I just, I'm not, I'm not really all the way there with them. I think they've got good players. I think that for all of the new players that they brought in this season, David Patrick's actually done a, a pretty good job there. Of, of setting the roles and setting the hierarchy like we talked about with Montana. I think Zach Chappelle's the guy. Um, I just... Who are they going to go to? Who's taking the big shots? I the Callum McRae, the big seven-footer, has not been impressive to me. Um, I don't have a ton for Sac State. Yeah, I think unproven is, is the word because only really Zach Chappelle from that organization period has been in the Big Sky Tournament. He's only been in one of them. Because David Patrick's new, most of the roster's new. So I think it's, it's totally unproven. We'll see. Maybe they can catch lightning in a bottle. They've been okay to good at sometimes, but uh, up and down otherwise. Seventh seed, Portland State. Where are we at with the Vikings? I would say chaos for them. I think they embraced the chaos really well at the tournament last year. That's sort of Jace Coburn's style. And maybe they have a little bit more control of the chaos this year with Cameron Parker running the show. I think Portland State... Of these teams down at the bottom here, that's a team that could be dangerous. Eight seed, Northern Colorado. Where are we at with the Bears? I, I'm not. I'm not in on them. I know they've got so much talent. I, wasted talent would be my my tagline for them, right? They've got Dalen yep. Koontz, they got Matt Johnson, they got Dalton Connect. Okay, they're six and twelve in conference. I, they haven't had the sort of eye opening win. Uh, that even you would say Idaho had over Montana State uh, or Northern Arizona had over Montana. I just, I, I'm not there with them. I think disappointment is my word because they were the preseason number two. They do have uh, several of the, on paper at least, best players in the league, and they have not been able to live up to that. 
Number nine, Northern Arizona ESPN Roundtable, by the way, presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. NAU, the ninth seed. Well, it's been the narrative for them all season long, but unlucky, right? Unlucky yep. in the close games. They've been in in games with all these teams. They they actually knocked off Montana in overtime, but they've played a ton of close games. They lost on buzzer beaters, I think, both times to Portland State, and that's been the difference between Portland State and Northern Arizona. You take those away, Northern Arizona's up there at the, the seven seed. Um, is that is that just random, or does that change? My word for Northern Arizona, bracket buster. I think NAU, if they have luck, they win, I don't know, seven, eight, maybe nine league games, and they are sitting in Idaho State spot. I think NAU straight up better than Idaho State in terms of talent. Still don't know what I think of Shane Burkar because I think that he's a great guy to deal with from our perspective. In games, I like his stuff. I like the stuff he runs. I like... His uh, edge that he coaches his team with, he, his team plays hard, but there's been a missing link just in terms of finishing games. So it, it's it's bizarre. I don't know where we're at in terms of the why, but I do think the NAU, all I'm saying is NAU getting to play Idaho, a team that has a, a lame, I guess a fired coach and, a, and an interim for however many days as a head coach, they get a little juice and getting another shot at Eastern Washington, a team that they took all the way down the wire and needed basically a shot in the last 10 seconds Eastern did to beat NAU. It's a bad draw if you're the one seed and uh, an interesting draw if you're NAU. All right, last one here on the ESPN Roundtable. How about Idaho, the Vandals? Uh, I would say Slate Coulter is in clean slate. Zach Klaus yeah. axed after, you know, 10 minutes after the season-ending loss to Montana. Another team with with a lot of talent, you know, I think Isaac Jones has had a great year. Devontae Moffitt is a a good, tough shot maker. But maybe there are some tweaks with that team uh, with a new coach with a new eye. I know it's an interim guy who was on staff. Um, You know, they've hit rock bottom, right? When When you're dropping, when you're axing your coach 10 minutes after your regular season finale. You can't really go down any further from there. So I think a, a team that's got some players and a team that just can s- completely start over heading into the tournament. Well, it's now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, located on the south side of town. You want to go watch some March Madness, whether it's the Big Sky Tournament, high school tournaments from across the state of Montana, or the Big Dance Paradise Falls will have it on for you. They got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus food and drink specials pretty much anytime, all day long. Go check out Paradise Falls. 3621 Brook Street, Missoula School of Sidespot. We'll give you our all-conference awards and accolades right after this. But before we go to break, one more time, call us, 406-888-1029. 11 wings every 11 minutes, courtesy of the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. As part of our 11th anniversary celebration, call right now, 406-888-1029-11 Wings. Every 11 minutes, courtesy of the Despo, it's Wing It Wednesday, 11th anniversary style. All-conference teams right after this. Keep it right here. Want us now, ESPN Radio. 
Wildcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Radio Missoula. Number one in the country. Unbelievable. This is my 17th year as a quote-unquote professional sports media person, whether it's as a sports writer in newspapers or doing radio or podcasts or whatever, conglomeration of all the various forms of media. And I've covered a, a heck of a lot of really good teams. Really, really good. Even the Grizz and their heyday, Grizz football and their heyday, uh, you know, 2006, 2009. But even those teams, even though they were like pretty much stem to stern, number two in the country, I can only remember a couple times when the Grizz reached number one, but it's been uh, few and far between. Montana perennially in the top three or four, but there always seemed to be that one other team out there that was number one. I remember when I was covering the Montana State football team, as the uh, uh, when I was a beat writer at the Bozeman Daily Chronicle, and when they reached number one in the country in 2011, that was the first time they've been number one since 1978. So pretty amazing there. When I was going through uh, other times, you know, I mean, so many of the other college sports that we cover, they are um, at the top level of Division One. So even getting even anywhere close to the top 25. Is pretty impressive. Why do I talk about number one rankings? Because after a great win over the weekend over St. Thomas, the Grizz lacrosse team, as of today, in the latest Men's Collegiate Lacrosse Association Division II poll, is the number one team in the country. Amazing. I mean, this Grizz lacrosse team was, was in the Final Four a year ago. They've won a national championship. They won a national championship when I was in college. I can't remember the specific year. I think it was 2007 or 2008. But it's certainly when I was in college. That's how I first got to know our good buddy Tucker Sargent, who's the head coach of Grizzly Cross. But today, they ascend to the top of the MCLA Division II poll. So congratulations to those guys. They beat St. Thomas, the the Goliath of, of MCLA D2, uh, over the weekend 10-8. to Now comes with the challenges of keeping it going, right? I mean... Now you got the target on your back. Now you're the number one squad, but this team has pretty great makeup. And if you want to check this team out, they're 5-0, and but they haven't played a home game yet this year. They'll be back at home Friday night, 7.30 p.m., Washington Grizzly Stadium against Montana State. What a bet, What what better time to catch Grizzly Cross for the first time than Friday night uh, down there at Washington Grizz. Should be fun. Congratulations to Tucker and Ben and all the, all the folks involved uh, with Grizzly Cross. Also, thanks to Jeff Safford, who's the voice of Grizzly Cross. You can find Grizzly Cross on all of uh, our ESPN streaming platforms, ESPN MT app. And uh, Jeff is also going to be providing some content for us. So he has an interview with Justin Rank, who was the MCLA uh, Men's Lacrosse Division Two Player of the Week 
nationally, that is, this last week, a hulking and intimidating defenseman. That's an understatement. If you saw the picture that the Chris Lacks account posted about Justin Rank on their uh, Twitter page the other day, oh, boy. That's a scary man. <laughs> Regardless, Jeff interviewed him earlier uh, this week, and uh, we can play that interview for you. Then we're going to fit it in either tomorrow or Friday. It depends on uh, when we get to it. But you can stream all the Grizzly Cross games on the ESPN MT app. You can also watch and follow along to this show on the ESPN MT app. Live and archived anytime. One more text for some wings. 406-888-1029. Text us. We got 11 wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill as part of our 11th anniversary celebration here at Nuanas Now. 888-1029. First texter. We got 11 more for you. Courtesy the Despo. All right, so we've been talking all things Big Sky Conference men's hoops here in hour number two. We gave our uh, all-conference midseason awards uh, – at the midseason, the midpoint of the season, rather. So that's where I want to start, Andrew, before we give our, our big-time awards, MVP, Coach of the Year, all that sort of stuff. In terms of your first and second team all-conference, is there anybody on there that's different than what we had at the midseason? Yeah, I think I damn near got it right in midseason, Coulter. I think the one thing that I would do is I would – Drop Jabril Bello to open up a spot on the first team. So I had I had Raekwon Battle, Dylan Jones, Steel Venters, Jabril Bello, Angelo Allegri, and Josh Bannon on the first team at midseason. At midseason, yeah. And that includes the MVP. That's why there's six players on that's there. Right, that's right. That's exactly my first team here in the postseason. You would you would keep that? Uh, I I would keep that. I would. The, the delineations I had were on the second team. I got three different guys on my second team that weren't on my midseason awards. Okay. How about you? Do you have anything, anybody different? Uh, that I didn't mention at all for second team? Uh, I do. My, my number one guy is, is easy because I think he has been the turning point for one of the better the teams that have been the, the best in the second half of the season. That's Onan Moody. I did not have Onan Moody on, any, uh, on my first or second team's. Yes, uh, I, I think that's right. I would bump on and Moody and up I to the ha- second I, team. I have him on the second team. Okay, so how about this debate then? I waffled quite a bit between Josh Bannon and Anand Moody because I actually think Anand Moody's more important to the Grizz. I think he's been better for the Grizz in the second half, yet it's impossible to demean the importance of Josh Bannon just as a presence on the Grizz. So where are we at between debating first and second team? Uh, for the two best guys on uh, on the Grizzlies. It's a sweet debate, Coulter. Here's where I'm at with it. Anand Moody builds on the floor that Josh Bannon builds for Montana. and it's Such a, a great it, way of putting it. It's a huge distinction. Josh Bannon is so important to the baseline of what Montana can be, of Truth. making Montana just a solid, good basketball team that compete in this conference. Everything that Anand Moody does adds levels on top of that baseline that is so much built on Josh Bannon. And we can argue about which of those is more important. I think it's a great debate. I have loved watching Anand Moody play in the in the second half of this conference season. So, um, it's so well said because we've talked about it a lot. But the, the, the fundamental move that the Grizz made that differentiated and opened up their offense was... 
in the half court, most of the time, they put Josh Bannon on the ball. Brandon Whitney is is a good and also unique player because he's a point guard because he's 5'11", and he's he's a good dribble-drive type guy. But he's not your traditional like facilitator type guy. You do this, I do that. You do this, I do that. Making reads off screens. That's not what Brandon Whitney does. He's at his best. We can get in the lane and create. And particularly when you get in the lane and finish. Putting Josh Bannon on the point, though, like I should say on the point, on the ball in the half court, accentuates what Whitney does on and off the ball. But more than anything, it lets Moody do what he does best, and that's move off the ball. So now when teams overcompensate on Moody on the perimeter, Bannon gets a one-on-one, go on the glass, he's, he's money. He's, he's getting to the rim. When teams focus on Bannon, now there's less attention on Moody. He's going to get open, and uh, he's going to kill you. So I think that's been a great adjustment. Okay, so um, spoiler alert aside, I'm just going to rip through these. I have that exact first team. Dylan Jones is my MVP. Angelo Allegri and still Benders from Eastern Washington. Raekwon Battle, Josh Bannon. And I do have Jabril Bello on my first team because I think Bello, I, I think Bello is still, even though he's not going to win the MVP, he is the guy that makes everything happen for Montana State just by being alive. Like, him on the court helps out everything that they do. He's their heart and soul. He's their captain. He's all of it. And then my second team, I got Ana Moody. Darius Brown is another guy that snuck up onto my second team. Brock McKenzie from Idaho State is also on my second team. Then I got Dalton Connect from Northern Colorado. And I got Zach Chappelle of Sacramento State. Okay, uh, so like I said, I I just dropped Jabril Bello down to the the second team for me. Yeah. Uh, from midseason, sort of that was the argument that I made for him at midseason. Like, hey man, this is still the guy who makes everything go for Montana State, and I sort of projected well as they're coming down the stretch here, chasing Eastern Washington. We're probably going to see a bump in his stats because they're going to lean on him a little bit more. You know, I I didn't see that Coulter, and I think the, you know the the um. The sort of dud games that he had, he didn't score against Idaho State. Uh, he had a tough game against Montana in the rematch. That was just enough for me to, and I still have huge consideration for Jabril Bello. I think he's a great player. That was enough for me to bump him down and give the spot to uh, somebody who has actually contributed a ton this year. I put Cameron Parker in the sixth spot on my first team. I think that that might be the way that it plays out because Cameron Parker has undeniably good stats for sure. Dave Sprinkle, who joins us once a week, and he'll join us later on this week, Montana State head men's basketball coach. He, he he calls guys out in his interviews with us every week. He called out Jabril Bello after that over against Idaho. He said we got needed to be better, and then, and then he struggled in, in the in the rivalry game. and And Sprinkle said last week, I know Jabril's not playing as well as he wants to be playing down the stretch of his senior year, and I'm challenging him right here, right now, to play better. And then he went out and dropped double-doubles in his last two games. He had 21-11 and 11 on his senior night. I, I yeah, Sometimes, yeah, I totally get if you're, just, if, you're, if you're analyzing the body of work within this scope of the season, I, I totally get how you can and drop him down or whatever. Uh, I just think that there's one dude in the league where if he just decides, I am going to win this 
SOB that he's the guy that could do it. No argument, Colton, but of course the <laughs> counterpoint is that if Danny Sprinkle has to be calling him out on a radio show to oh, get him to do that, why wouldn't I just give that spot to Cameron Parker, who's uh, averaging 18 points and leading the conference in assists? No, it's, it's right. It's, it's totally right. I'm reading this great uh, biography about Will Chamberlain, and it's all about, like, when Wilt hit the middle part of his career and he had already won seven straight scoring titles and four MVPs and he was already the leading scorer in the history of the NBA and then he couldn't do anything but right. fail to live up to expectations because he's freaking Wilt Chamberlain. He's 7'3", 275 pounds, strongest, biggest, fastest guy in the whole NBA. It's the Shaq syndrome too, right? Like Shaquille O'Neal has four NBA titles and was like unquestionably the best and most dominant, and I should say the right. best, the most dominant player of his generation, yet there's a whole group of people that think that Shaq was an underachiever. Well, it takes a special kind of motivation to continue when you're already at that point. That's right, and when you are just way bigger and stronger than everybody else, it is. It's it's a different deal. Uh, New Orleans, Dallas, here's what we're going to do. Take one more break, and then we'll give you a couple of our other thoughts in terms of... Uh, Coach of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, Top Reserve in the Big Sky Conference. All Big Sky all the time here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company on behalf of both ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports. Here are some of our friends from Blackfoot Communications, one of our great business partners at both entities. They've done so much for us in helping us develop so many different things at Skyline Sports. Also help bring you our ESPN Radio podcast network as well. We're here with Hannah Kreiss from Blackfoot Communications. She is a business development representative. Tell people just about your history at Blackfoot. How long have you been at Blackfoot? Yeah, I've been at Blackfoot three years now. When it comes to just uh, your actual job title, what is it that you do? I mean, what is your primary things that uh, go on in your day-to-day at Blackfoot? Yeah, so I target and work with small businesses um, and just helping them get connected to internet and phone services, just smaller grade equipment and services that they might need and not all of the bigger enterprise. What's your favorite part about your job at Blackfoot? I like connecting with people and meeting new people and going out and just having those conversations and getting to know them in the community. And how about just the organization in general? I mean, it, it seems like such a great company to work for. Yeah, absolutely. It's very community-based, um, very family-oriented inside as well, and it's definitely very enjoyable. If you want to find out more about Blackfoot Communications in general, visit goblackfoot.com. Great website, very easy to navigate. They can help you with all sorts of things, from small business development to any sort of fiber, internet, communications, anything like that. Small business networking, all of it. Visit goblackfoot.com. Sometimes it blows my mind that people like Method Man come to Montana, but once upon a time he did. Honest <laughs> now, ESPN Radio. It's not against him or us or anything like that. It's just, I don't know, like, I don't know how many people know who Method Man is around here. Thanks for uh, kicking it with us here on your Wednesday. Wrap it up here uh, as we continue a super busy week, a super busy time of year. Tell you all the details of our tournament takeover and our bracket challenge coming up tomorrow. We also have Rajim Seabrook swinging by for about, oh, I don't know, 75 minutes of the two-hour show. So looking forward to seeing Raj. And we'll also talk some prep hoops. Break down the brackets more. And uh, I don't know, Tommy Evans just walked by the window, so maybe we'll make him come in here and talk on the radio as well. Missed anything in today's show around the big sky to women's hoops at hour number one. Chris Redpath, great stuff. Tournament primer. We also had around the big sky in men's hoops in uh, hour number two. 
giving you our all-conference teams and some word association with the top teams in the Big Sky. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com, the M Store where they're all grills all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. All right, so uh, we got through our all-conference teams, Andrew. Let's just go rapid fire here. We talked about our MVP. We're both in agreement. Dylan Jones is the MVP. Uh, who do you think the newcomer of the year is? First of all, PSA, I debated this on my ESPN Plus call for the rivalry game. It cannot be Anand Moody. Anand Moody is new to the Grizz. He's not new to the Big Sky. Played at Southern Utah and Northern, uh, North Dakota. Uh, Bryson Lester of the Big Sky Conference asked me to uh, define that for people. So Anand Moody can't be the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky. So then who is the newcomer of the year in the Big Sky? I would still take... Isaac Jones really narrowly over Darius Brown the second and uh, and Brock McKenzie from Idaho State. A lot of good candidates for this award this year. Uh, I would still keep Isaac Jones there. That's sort of wrapped up with another award though, Coulter. Well, that's right because Darius Brown is also a newcomer of the year award uh, candidate, but I have him as my defensive player of the year. I just think that's the right way to get both of those guys some recognition because Isaac Jones is leading the conference in blocks. He could be defensive player of the year too, and you could give right. Darius Brown newcomer. I think uh, Darius Brown leading the conference in steals. Uh, you give him defensive player of the year. You make Isaac Jones the newcomer of the year. Darius Jones was, or Darius Brown, excuse me, was such a game changer in a couple different games this year, specifically uh, in the Cacarys game in Bozeman. Uh, top reserve in, in the league this, this year? Great Osabar. I totally agree. Great Osabar from Montana State. Uh, he's what makes the Bobcats so tough because you can load manage Bellow. And you have this two-headed monster, et cetera. I totally agree. Uh, and then last one, how about coach of the year? Well, I think David Riley has it has it wrapped up. I've been really impressed with what they've done at Eastern Washington. I know a little shine has, has come off of it, but we talked about how they've built that roster, how they've thrown all these guys from disparate backgrounds together. I think he's got them playing really hard, really competitively. I think that one's a lock. I totally agree. I think Danny Sprinkle is the best coach in the league. I think Travis DeCure is also an excellent coach. Those guys can't win it every year, though. Uh, uh, that's exactly right. And and here's the thing. Basketball season is so long that we get used to these unusual narratives. But if you were to tell me on New Year's Eve that right. Eastern Washington was going to win 16 straight games, I'd say I bet you $1,000 that they're not. Right, <laughs> right. Like, there, there was no way. I thought Eastern was good, and I thought they had stole one here in Missoula. I did not think they were going to have the best start in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And and I think that's why the the league is, is so even, because I do think it's a coach's league, and there's a lot of great coaches in the league, a lot of great candidates in the league, but I agree. I think it's David Riley. You missed anything in today's show, please go check it out on the Nuanas Now podcast. We'll also have these Big Sky Men's segments as part of the Big Sky Breakdown podcast as well. Riley Corcoran will also chime in there. And uh, we have another new edition of our Grizz Greats series with John Velk as well. So uh, check out the Big Sky Breakdown and the Nuanas Now podcast. We'll be back at tomorrow. Prep Hoops, Rajim Seabrook, coaches galore. We'll see you then, 4 p.m. Keep it right here, though. ESPN Radio. Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com.